important too? It's all about the questions. Where learning to ask the right questions can help you achieve lifelong success. Now, here to help you ask all the right questions is award-winning author, international speaker, and business strategist, Laura Stewart. Good morning, afternoon, and evening, everyone, and welcome, welcome, welcome to the show this week. I am always super excited to be here with you. You know why? Because I get to bring you some of the best people I've ever been introduced to in my life, some of them longtime friends, some of them I meet through other people, but everybody on my show is somebody that I think has a unique perspective, has so much to offer to you, my listeners, who might be growing your businesses, might be going through a health crisis, might just need some different perspective shifting thoughts or questions to ask. And those are the people that are on my show week to week. Um, and it's been eight years since I started this show, about nine or 10 years since I've been doing broadcasts. I started out on broadcast radio as well as internet radio. And then the station went oldies music over talk radio and I went purely to live streaming and to pure podcast stuff. I love being here with you. Thank you for keeping me and this show in the top 3% of podcasts globally. That means the world to me. You're listening, you're sharing it, you're making comments, you're reviewing the show, really helps it to be found. So thank you for all of you who do that every time you listen to the show. I'm really, really grateful. And if you have any ideas for guests, please don't forget to reach out to me and let me know who they might be and why, because you know I am all about the why if you've been listening to the show for the eight years. I love all of my loyal listeners. And today, I'm going to get to bring you somebody that I was trying to figure out the other day exactly how many years I know her. I know who introduced her to me, though. Rory Sanchez introduced me to her. Her name is Annette Tabor. We met at a tech conference. Surprise, surprise. And Rory said, this is somebody you absolutely have to know. And I'm so glad he introduced me to her. And she's had a recent career change that got me thinking Everybody out there who has their own business needs to know Annette. She, they need to understand the differences in a bunch of the work she's doing. She brings over 30 years of experience in the tech sector, and I was figuring out, I think I've known her over 20 of those, so that's pretty cool. Um, she's the founder and CEO of a company called BoardSwap, and we're going to get into that in a little bit. But she realized that there was an important need in the technology industry and really every industry to formalize advisory boards as a service, a way to get the knowledge, the wisdom, the people involved in your business that you can't, you don't want to hire full-time because you don't need them full-time. You need some advice and this is a way that you can do it. She's a certified chair through the advisory board center. They provide fully outsourced advisory board development facilitation governance, and executive consulting. BoardSwap is a really, really cool company. They do concierge service and so much more. And I could talk just like for an entire hour on all the things I love about Annette, but instead I'm going to bring her on camera so that you can meet her yourself and we can just like dive right into this topic that I think is so critical. So Annette, welcome. Thank you, Laura. I really uh, appreciate you inviting me on. Well, I'm, you know, I can't believe we haven't done this before. <laughs> I was thinking about that the other day and I'm like, I've never had Annette on. And then we reconnected and it, you know, here we are today. Isn't it wonderful? Uh, honestly, it's like, it's like old home week, really. And it has, it's been like, what, 20 years. And I, I think it was back when Rory and I were working uh, with Tech Data's Tech Select program that, yes that's where we met was at one of those conferences. Yeah, yeah, that exact that is exactly right. That's where we met and then we saw each other at Connectwise conferences and a number of other places. Absolutely over the and, years, my goodness. Yeah, and I led a couple of panels at Tech Select and at Connectwise and spoke and yes, that's exactly it. And you know, you worked for CompTIA and I knew you there at CompTIA. Yes. And for those not in the tech world, all of those companies are very big <laughs> in the tech sector. And if you are in the tech sector and don't know them, go Google them or reach out to Annette and I, and we can talk to you about them. But I want to talk about this whole new world that you've moved into. And I say new world, 
only because you started your own company doing it. You've been running advisory boards for other organizations for pretty much as long as I've known you. But I don't think people understand what they are. And what I want to know is why you decided to leave corporate life and start doing this for other companies on your own. So what is BoardSwap? Why should we care about advisory boards? Well, thank you. Um, actually, uh, it, it has been a, a bit of a journey. Um, I spent 15 years with Tech Data, and as you may remember, I ran the Tech Select program there, and we had an advisory board, and that was my first foray into doing advisory board work, and I, I found it so valuable. Um, not only for the members of the board, but for the business itself to receive that unvarnished kind of feedback, the good, the bad, and the ugly, for them to go back and uh, make changes to their business operations, their programs, their websites, whatever it was. Um, and then, of course, after that, I spent a couple of years working for a telecom agency, Interlink Communication Systems, that merged with Network Dynamics, which was a global MSP. Right. Um, and then at that point, I was asked to be on the board of directors at CompTIA. So I did that for two years. And then I joined the company as a vice president, then later a senior VP. Um, I was with CompTIA for 12 years, and I would say the majority of that time, at least 10 or 11 of those years, I was uh, implementing their very first advisory councils, their industry advisory councils. And um, through that process of doing that for 12 years, it was a project-based type advisory board program that CompTIA had. It was not necessarily CompTIA wanting feedback on their specific operations. It had a much more strategic impact for CompTIA. And when I realized what we had built and what we had accomplished over the years, I started thinking, you know, this needs to be brought out in the open and people need to understand the differences between an advisory board and a formalized advisory board. And so that's when I decided it was time to move on. Um, you know, we're all getting a little older now. I, I wanted to build something for myself. I wanted to be able to help people, which is, you know, really a, a core component of what I'm doing is I, I have so many friends in the industry. I have been blessed with engaging with over 400, almost 500 subject matter experts, CEOs, presidents, channel chiefs from some of the biggest companies in the industry, in the tech industry. And when you sit in a meeting room and you're talking about uh, industry level issues that are affecting everyone and you've got the expertise sitting around the table from competing companies in some right. cases, right? Like, I mean, we had an AI advisory board, blockchain, drones, internet of things, cybersecurity, business applications, channel development, telecom. When you've got, let's say, you know, like the distinguished engineer from IBM's AI program sitting across from, you know, the, the executive from Oracle, and they're talking about AI and the ramifications of AI and things like It's fascinating. Right. You know? um, so our mission was to build content to give back to the industry through CompTIA, which is the world's largest technology trade association. They're a not-for-profit. Um, highly recommend if you are not aligned with them to do so. Um, but we built content for all these technology categories to help drive the adoption of these emerging technologies into the MSP space. So CompTIA's membership is primarily managed service providers, and therefore it was our mission to try to help them learn about the technologies by producing resources, guides, uh, 
best practice standards, infographics, videos, uh, you know, white papers, whatever right. it was. You did a lot um, of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so that's, and that's kind of where it, it started is I really saw the impact that that had and I wanted to bring it forward. One of the things that I think confuses a lot of business owners is the different kinds of boards. Now, over the course of my career, I've been on boards of directors. I've been on advisory boards. I've been in peer groups. I've been in all of these different kinds of organizations. And on the different boards of directors I've been on, some of them, all they wanted me there was to put my name on their, you know, announcement that said, hey, we've got this person on our board of directors. And oh, by the way, they donated $5,000 or $10,000. A lot of nonprofits do that, right? They figure get industry leaders or um, local company heads to be on their boards, but basically they want your pocketbook or they want your access to your resources and their pocketbooks to be on their boards. And then corporate boards, you're often on those because they need oversight to some level where they have independent people in there that might be familiar with the industry, peer groups, um, you know, everybody's sort of helping each other grow, but there's no say official kind of level. So what are the, the differences for those listening, Annette, on a, an actual board of directors versus an advisory board and a volunteer board versus a paid board? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, a lot of people, when they hear the word advisory board, think it's a formal governance board, and it isn't, okay? Uh, formal governance boards are the board of directors. They have legal and fiduciary responsibility to the corporation. Um, those positions typically are paid. Um, in the world of advisory boards, or what I'd like to call formalized advisory boards, um, they are problem-solving thinking systems. That's really what they are. They do Ooh, I not like that. say that. Say it one more time. Problem advisory problem. boards are problem-solving thinking systems. That's cool. Okay. okay, they do not make decisions on behalf of the business. They provide guidance and advice, and it is up to the business to decide what they choose to pursue. Um, and that's really important because to your point, you know, <laughs> and we've all seen it, believe me, I've seen it. Um, you know, you get people on an advisory board and their heads kind of get a little big and they think they're all that, right? And and then they're like, well, how come you didn't implement all this stuff that we wanted you to do, right? And, it, and it's just not how it works, right? And that's why it's so important to bring in an independent chair to manage this kind of thing. And the reason why I bring that up is because um, when you build an advisory board. And, and I'm sure you've seen this before. You know, you bring some key people in and then those people are like, hey, I know this guy. He would be really good for the advisory board. And the next thing you know, you're bringing in people that are connected to the people you already have on the board and there's a loss of independence. And so that is one of the five key elements of a successful advisory board is having independence of your advisors. They shouldn't know each other. They really should. Now, you know, of course, sometimes they may. But I mean, the whole goal is to bring in subject matter expertise that you can feel confident about taking that guidance and making decisions with. And so having independence is really important. When it comes to advisory boards that are formalized, you can have the advisor's volunteer. Um, and as you know, in our industry, most of our vendor partners have partner advisory boards where most of the time they're not paying these people. They're customers. They're usually their key customers. Um, they bring them in. The, the partners feel great about the experience. They get time with the executives at the company. Um, 
they get wined and dined, they get taken to beautiful places, they have wonderful dinners and so forth. So in that case, there's nothing wrong with that at all. However, when it is a, let's say a all of business advisory board, which would be more like a formal governance board, but without the legal and fiduciary responsibility where you are bringing in an advisory board to help the business solve or grow or you know there's there's a challenge or a problem that you're trying to overcome and so you bring in these subject matter experts to sit on the advisory board but they're all of business so they may be talking about the sales momentum they may be talking about what's going on in product management and in that case you know you have to build a board charter that aligns with the priorities of the business so yep hold there for a second i want to just get some clarity for my myself and my listeners out there it almost sounds like the way you're describing the advisory board is rather than bringing in a one person consultant say to help because you want to take your business from 1 million to 5 million or 5 million to 10 million or you want to create international versus just national kind of business, you're bringing in a bunch of people that you pay most of the time in this particular case to act as a sounding board, somebody who's going to, here's my situation, how would you do this kind of thing? Would that be a good thing? And then once you're past that, you can dissolve that board? Well, and and that's a great, great way to ask the question. I mean, the reality of it is um, before you even start an advisory board, there needs to be some time spent with the business to understand what's going on. I mean, let's start from the beginning, right? right? So I would say two or three months before you launch the first meeting, I'm working with the executive team at the business. I can do business assessments. I have a growth score assessment and a value chain assessment that allows me to determine where value is gained or lost in the business. So let's say we get the results of those assessments back. We triangulate in on what is their priority. From there, we have to build the board charter, which is going to be clarity of scope, right? You want to know what you're going to focus on and tackle. Now you want to look at the executive team and you want to look for the gaps. Where are there gaps in the executive team that do not align with the charter? Where do they have skills and where do they not have skills? Where there's the gap, those are the people you want to bring in for the advisory board. Okay. So it's a very, there's a methodology to the entire process. So we can help, you know, find those folks for you. We have our advisor concierge service. I have access to a lot of people uh, that I've worked with over the years. But let's say, okay, now we've we've built the board and I can help interview, but we don't make final decisions on who's selected. That is absolutely the business. Um, so now we've got our board put together. We need to have an orientation meeting to make sure everybody's on the same page. We go through the entire board charter, roles, responsibilities, what we're doing, what we're not doing, you know, cadence of meetings, all of those things. And then um, we begin the process of quarterly meetings, right? And most companies don't do this with their advisory boards. Um, They're not as formally managed. They don't have structure and discipline. Um, there's not a regular cadence. It's like, let's bring the advisory board in. We need to have a meeting and, you know, they'll get some great feedback, but guess what? They don't follow back up with that advisory board to say, Hey, we implemented X, Y, and Z, and here's where we are right now. And we're having trouble with X and we need more input on how we might, you know, continue to pursue that. That's the breakdown. That's where things break down. And, 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 and it's no fault of the business. They've got the business to run. They've got exactly. traveling. They're going to events. They got a customer engagements. They got to meet numbers. You know, their focus is not on the management of the advisory board. 
And that's where board swap comes in. We take over all the heavy lifting. So, you know, once we understand what the business is trying to accomplish and we build that board, then we work every month. We meet with the business contact at the client and we discuss, okay, let's collaboratively build the agenda to meet this charter. These are the things we need to accomplish during the meeting. And I do all that work. I build the slide decks. I facilitate, um, you know, the meetings. Um, and we do a survey after every meeting to make sure not only do we know the feedback from the advisors on how they felt about the meeting, but we also include the business and all the people from the business that participate so that we clearly see that it was successful or not. And we ask those three big questions. What should we stop, start, and continue doing? You know, where where did we go wrong? How can we improve? So once you get all that done and, you know, you've really developed a cadence and now you're working every other month or every two months with the uh, business to build <clears throat> the uh, the slide deck or the report outs to go back to the advisory board now you have accountability right now now those business owners whether it's the vp of sales the vp of marketing the vp of product management and believe me i've had this i've worked with companies that are doing this they now have to provide me back bullets for the slide deck on how we're going to update the board on where they are with the initiatives that they chose to pursue. Okay. I am following all of that. I took a whole bunch of <laughs> notes and I hope my listeners took notes, but the transcripts will also be up after the show is done. So people can read the show as well as listen to the show. Cause some of us tend to be more visual learners than auditory learners. I want to take a step back again. The advisory board concept, as you described it, reminds me very much of goal setting, goal working towards, and goal achieving, setting new goals, that whole process, where board swap seems to make a big difference versus somebody just starting out an advisory board or, or having um, an informal group of peers who you pick their brains of, is if you're going to do something like this, or you don't even think you need something like this, a big part of it is why do you need this? Why saying these are questions to ask yourself, what are your ultimate goals from it? And is it something you can do on your own? You know, bring a consultant in here, bring a consultant in there, or does it make more sense to, oh, let's just spend six months with getting some really good people and somebody who can facilitate and make sure that we're following up on everything that we're doing. So when I look at it with that, first off, is that a good kind of summary of what you were just talking about and why an advisory board looks different than an informal process? You really want to be committed if you're going to do something like this to achieving what you're setting out to achieve, correct? Absolutely. And, you know, getting back to the why, um, you touched on it a little bit. I mean, yes, of course, you can hire high paid executives to fill the gap for what your current staff doesn't have. Of right. course, you can pay those high salaries, you can pay all those benefits. Um, and then maybe once that problem is solved, you still have this person and they're now there and they're doing their thing. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? I mean, it happens all the time. Or you can hire a consultant, right? A consulting firm that has kind of a program that they believe in, that they've developed, that they've built, that they've tested, that they know it works. And they kind of come in and they push that program on your business and then you're engaging in that regard. The, the difference here is the level of flexibility that you have with an advisory board. Not only are you solving a specific need, okay, you are bringing in the experts that have been there and done it 
but you're being expected to do it. So now you're learning at the same time. You're not having the consultant do the work. Your business is doing the work. Your executives are doing the work. The, the, the leader can see who's engaging in the process and who isn't. The leader can see who's prepared for their update back to the advisory board and who isn't right? So there's a level of accountability there that's a little bit different. Um, and I would also say that, you know, when you think about implementing an advisory board, especially for the first time, um, you want to do it right. And I say that because, you know, I've seen it all. Okay, I've seen advisory boards that are nothing more than a boondoggle. There's no value. Yeah, some of those. Uh, you know, the, the <laughs> members take time out of their day, out of their business to travel, to go to the meetings, two or three days. And then, you know, they're like, well, whatever happened? Like, this is a complete waste of my time, right? So when you're dealing with a formalized advisory board, and again, paid or unpaid advisors, right? It could be either way. Um, you, and you're dealing with a, a certified chair that knows how to control this dynamic. It could be something like a crisis. Okay. Maybe there's a crisis. Um, uh, I have a client that had a crisis occur. Uh, they had a system go down and their customers were affected and it was not pretty. Um, six months later, they decided to determine, you know, let's bring in our advisory board. They already had it in place. They hadn't talked to them for over a year. Um, they brought them in, um, but they were worried because they knew they had lost some business, that people moved away. And so what happened is I interviewed the executive team first, one-on-one. -on -one. Then I interviewed all 15 members of the advisory board That's and I made board. it. Yeah, I had made it clear, look, um, we're not going to get together at the face-to-face -face meeting and rehash all the negativity that occurred. The whole purpose here is to come together to solve problems so that we can improve on our business's communication when the issue happened, you know, how maybe our our techs might have needed to have a little bit more empathy uh, in dealing with the customers that were calling in and getting all these little tidbits of feedback that they had to go back and work on. And then to provide that update back, which we just did recently, it was incredible. I mean, the, the meeting survey was 4.78 out of five on overall value. And I would even say that the business uh, side ranked it a little bit higher than the the partners did. Well, so what were the what, outcomes, though, after something like that? Pardon me? What were the outcomes? Like, surveys, I, I, you know, I think are really great. But when it came to later on, when you went and saw what got implemented and what got done, did, was there a major shift for the company? There was, and and that, and again, we're still in the process. It's been five months since we had the first meeting. We just did a briefing to the board um, in November, and now we're going to be doing another briefing to them again in February. A lot of the things got resolved. A lot of the things that they wanted were proactive things, like bringing in new products, bringing in new vendors to their line card. You know, like it was. Um, I would say uh, seeing that process happen was incredible. The business is now regaining their, their traction. Uh, they have a vision for the future. They shared that vision. The president got on the call, shared the vision for the future. Uh, we had each of the executives from his direct report staff provide their updates, slides up on the screen. And just so you know, when that crisis occurred, after I interviewed everybody, I asked the executive team to come up with three questions for a survey to the board before we even had the first board meeting. So when we got in the room, they saw the negative feedback from the advisory board on the screen and that executive came up front and had to respond 
to those responses. So there's no hiding, you know, it's, you have to be willing to be vulnerable in order to be able to grow. And you have to be able to acknowledge your weaknesses. And as a president, to see the work that this team has done, it's just been incredible. Um, the other, uh, another client that I had, I ended up flying out to Spain. Um, it was kind of a last minute thing, uh, but they, this client was a very large cybersecurity vendor and they were making some changes to their programs and to their, uh, their partner program as well as to some of their um, other programs. And they had uh, the executives from each of the EMEA regions presenting on day one. And then on day two, we had the advisors engaging in smaller groups with each executive to give them feedback on what they liked and didn't like about the presentations the day before on the programs that they had not yet implemented, but wanted to get that feedback up front before they went to market right? So now they're all back there making adjustments and changes. And so again, it, you know, it can be different things. Um, so what are some questions that business owners need to be thinking about in that to determine if they should explore, implement a formal advisory board? Because it's not for everybody. But yet it's a good process to go through for everybody. So what are some questions, some things that they need to be thinking about? Well, I would say, first of all, you know, if they can do it in-house, they should do it. Um, I mean, if they need some guidance on just how to implement it, uh, you know, maybe three months of, you know, like do-it-yourself coaching, uh, BoardSwap can provide that. If they just want to do one or two meetings a year, that can be arranged. Things that you have to know and the things that you have to ask the client are things like, how serious are you about this? Um, the president has to be bought in. And if it's a corporatized advisory board, which, you know, there's project-based advisory boards that last maybe three to 18 months. There are corporatized advisory boards, which are like that middle management senior VP at you know, HP or something that has an advisory board for clients. And, you know, they, they, you're working directly with that individual. And then there's all of business advisory boards or business advisory boards, which are like a formal governance board, but without the legal and fiduciary responsibility where you literally come in and act as a governance board in a, in a way, uh, giving in guidance and advice not making decisions. Um, so you have to find out what it is that they're trying to accomplish, you know, number one. Um, and again, some of the assessments can help with that. But the other thing too is uh, you gotta know, okay, do you want this to be super formal or is the culture at your business a little less formal and you don't want this advisory board program to be all stuffy? Because let's face it, right? Yeah. Not everybody wants a formalized advisory board and that's okay too. You know, anything can be built to be mirroring the business and that's really the way it should be. Um, so, you know, if they only want to do a couple meetings a year and they want to tie it to an event, you know, you want to ask those kind of questions. You want to know who is going to be the point of contact at the business to work with our staff to implement, you know, the program, because these are annual programs for the most part. And it's what if, what if somebody's not ready or doesn't even know if they're re is ready, right? We've talked about, I know a number of your companies are large corporations. What if it's a smaller company, say a million dollars or less, and they're trying to get their company to be a big player? or their company is just starting out, is there value to somebody like that to have some sort of formal or informal advisory board? You know, I'll be honest with you. That's, that is an interesting question. Um, the advisory board center who does research in this area globally, 
uh, has recently produced their 2023-2025 State of the Market Report. And in that report, um, they actually show that the average size company that implements an advisory board starts at $20 million. So, and the other thing you should know too is advisory boards do not have to be super big. The the traditional size of an advisory board recommended by them is to have the president, another key executive from the business, two external advisors, and a certified chair. So that's five people. Okay. So that would be the minimum that that we would recommend. But of course, then my big cybersecurity company had 30 and they called it a, a advisory forum. Okay, so it, it comes in all shapes and sizes, right? But getting back to your question, I would recommend for a million dollar business, they might wanna start with a peer group. And you mentioned this early on as to what the difference is. Peer groups are where business owners, six to eight, come together, they pay a flat fee every month, and they come together with a facilitator, and they talk about general topics that they're all facing, that they all can benefit from. And sometimes they'll focus in on one or two of the executives and, and give them guidance on what they specifically need to do to improve their business. And then in the following meetings, they're held accountable to report back to the group on what they did. On a smaller scale, on a smaller company, I would recommend that route um, over an advisory board. Advisory boards can be, you know, depending upon if you're paying the advisors, the average cost of an advisor for a four hour or half day meeting is $2,000 per advisor. And that's a global number. Uh, through the advisory board center. Now, again, a lot of companies don't pay at all and they, they just have volunteers and CompTIA and Tech Data. Those were all just volunteers, right? Nobody was paid for those. Um, but again, you know, there's also your, your business network, right? You've got your friends, your family, your accountant, your lawyer. Um, you know, you, you can, uh, you know, engage in uh, like, you know, the economic forum in your local community, things like that. Um, I don't know if that helped answer your question, but, you know, when it comes to smaller businesses, um, yes, they can have an advisory board. Um, if they can get the volunteers and identify volunteers, then, you know, maybe they're only paying for facilitation and that might make it more palatable. But, um, Generally speaking, you know, to do a formalized advisory board, it's typically a little bit larger companies. Well, I think that's really helpful for my listeners to understand that the difference and that there are resources available to them. Corporations typically have many advisory boards and boards of directors, large corporations, especially in, in the tech world. And I've sat on many dysfunctional ones and I've sat on many functional ones, right? And I sat on many governance board of directors, functional and dysfunctional, wishing that they had somebody like BoardSwap facilitating the meetings. I've been a facilitator for ages, way before there were certifications for facilitators, <laughs> you know? And the, the one of the things that always pops up in my mind, Annette, is the whole idea of if you're trying to grow your business, it's helpful to have other perspectives, but you don't always know that you, what that other perspective should be. And it becomes difficult even in peer group scenarios. We tend to gravitate to people th that think like we do, and that can get you in trouble if the people that think like you do have blinders on and can't see things that are starting to happen. Uh, we both have many, many friends out there like Rory Sanchez who introduced us who have a way of looking at data points from all over and going, no, we're going that way. Everybody else is going that way, but we're going that way. And he lands on his feet, right? Because he can see these things, but also he surrounds himself with people that aren't all thinking in the same direction as well. 
So when somebody is at a point in their business, is there some things for them to be thinking about that say, now is the time to get a formalized advisory board with a facilitator or join a peer group if they're at a lower level to help them? Is there like a, a turning point or a balance point that you could point to that helps people make those decisions? Well, that's a good question. You know, I think um, getting to your point about, you know, finding the right advisors, when do you implement an advisory board? Um, it usually happens when pain is involved, you know, like when the business is suffering, um, you know, let's say they need to grow and they're having, you know, a challenging time to grow, or let's say they want to expand internationally, right? And they want to, you know, they want to add some resources in another country and start building that out, right? Well, they're not going to know what they don't know, right? But yet, if we can identify subject matter experts that live in you know, Sweden or wherever it is that they want to expand to, um, then they have feet on the ground in the location that know where to go, know who to engage with, right? And that's the difference between having an advisory board versus having, um, you know, necessarily a single consultant or an executive, right? Because they're limited in their scope. Um, and the other thing too is keep in mind that once that board charter has been obtained, the beauty of it is you can change the charter to the next big issue or the next big challenge that the company's facing. And again, board swap out those advisors without interrupting the flow of the annual program. So, you know, you may see that there's a couple of folks on that board that were great for the previous challenge, <clears throat> but with the new challenge, you really want so-and-so on the board. And so we manage all of that. It's seamless. There's no interruption. <clears throat> and it allows the business to just keep going and tackle one issue after another. So it really doesn't matter what the problems are that the business is facing. We look for fit for purpose advisors, meaning they are fit for that business charter, that board charter. So when you are managing something with clarity and structure and discipline, it's very easy to see the improvements that are occurring in the business. It's, it's, and at the end of the year, we do an ROI assessment to ensure that that business owner got what they wanted out of that advisory board. And I'm just going to step back for those listeners who aren't familiar with acronyms. ROI is return on investment. It's something you really want to know when you're looking at your business. Go ahead, Annette. Yeah, no problem. Uh, so, yeah, so it is important, you know, to measure the success of the advisory board, to know that, look at all we accomplished this year. You know, we actually did these things because we had the right feedback and we were held accountable to it and we reported back and they gave us additional guidance and we moved forward. Um, so, you know, the fact that there's imme immense flexibility and the more you're working with a client, you become part of their team. You're sitting around the table with the executive team. You're prepping them for the next meeting. You just become embedded as part of the team. Even though you're outside and you're doing all the heavy lifting, they own the advisory board. They are the ones that kick it off. They are the ones that express the fact that this is our advisory board and we're happy to have you guys. And, you know, we're in the background making it all happen. Um, so hopefully, you know, this has helped some folks decide if an advisory board is right for them. And again, you know, it could be uh, the, 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 the planning of the advisory board is completely up to the business as to how much they want to invest, how much time 
How many meetings a year? Do they want to do virtual? Do they want to do in person? Do they want a combination? Um, it can all be done. You know what I love about this entire conversation besides the value bombs that you drop throughout? How joyful you are talking about it. I mean, <laughs> I've known you through many different careers that you've had, you know, they've moved around, they seem to be sort of around the same kind of things, but listening to you and watching you talk about this world of advisory boards, there is so much joy in you <laughs> and excitement in you, Annette. And that is what it's about when you become a business owner and you start your own business is finding those things that light you up from within that get you so excited that you can't stop talking about it. Yes. You want the world to know. So that's awesome to see. Thank you. And you know, I, I have to say, I've never been so happy uh, doing what I love meeting people, helping people. Um, you know, it's, it's just, and you know what it's, it's really quite affordable to outsource your advisory board. It's not like ginormous cost. Um, so, you know, folks should check out boardswap.com. There's a lot of great information out there. A lot of what we talked about. Um, definitely, you know, let us know if we can help you in any way. Uh, we're here to help. And even if you just want to have a consult, you know, those are free. We'll give you some guidance and advice right then and there on how to move forward if you want to do it yourself. Um, so, you know, the whole idea is to help businesses and with the way the economics are right now. And I think in the foreseeable future, it's, it's probably going to get a little worse in 2024. People should consider their advisor network. They need to assess it. They need to look at it. Is it working for them? If it isn't, you know, seriously, look outside, bring in the right people, and we can help make all that happen. And I've got boardswap.com up on the video for anybody that's watching the video. And if you're not, it's boardswap, B-O-A-R-D, swap, S-W-A-P.com. And Annette, one of the other things that you do so beautifully is you love helping women in business and pretty much anybody in business. I know women in business are a big, just a big passion of yours. For those of my listeners who are not in corporations or they're working corporate and thinking about starting their own businesses, or maybe they've started their own business and they're in that, oh my God, what the heck did I do moment? <laughs> Any advice that you would give them? Any thoughts you think questions they should be asking to perhaps take them to the next level or let them know they're not alone out there. Yes. And, you know, I can relate. Okay. I mean, if you think about it, BoardSwap just launched in March of this year. So we're very new in this whole process. And I've not been an entrepreneur before. So this is all new to me. Um, and so I can definitely speak from experience here. Um, it's scary. Uh, but I would suggest definitely take the time, build a business plan. It seems very tedious, but it is so important. Build a business plan, identify key people in your network that you can trust and that you value as your own little advisory board. Um, and don't be afraid to ask for help. Um, you know, I think as women, we always want to you know, kind of show our independence and we can do it, we can do it. But at the end of the day, we all have vulnerabilities and we all know that you got to get up every single day and put one foot in front of the other and keep pushing forward. And I would say for me, especially um, coming from 30 years in a corporate environment and now working alone with my other certified chairs, um, it's it's different. You know, you don't have that daily interaction all the time that you want. And it's so important to get it. And in whether you're going to industry events and keeping relevant with what's going on out there, find those nuggets, find those people that believe in you, that trust you, that see the vision of what you're trying to accomplish. And and get their feedback. I mean, I cannot even begin to tell you how many people 
have helped me along the way in this journey. And I am forever grateful. Um, so those are some of the main things that I would recommend. Perfect. I think those are wonderful reminders. And I love that you shared your journey and that you were willing to ask for help along the way and that so many people were willing to step up and help. I mean, that's yes. also important too. So many people, I've seen this happen time and time again, they start their business and everybody's like, well, I'm not even going to attempt to help them. You know, they're, they, they're just going to do whatever they're going to do. And yet you can see somebody struggling, maybe you see that they're not getting enough rest or they're not eating properly. Simple things like that. If, you, if somebody's starting their own business, I loved when people dropped food off at my house because you're like all in and you're just trying and struggling. Yes. Or one day somebody dropped a pen off at my house, like a really nice pen. And they said it helped me when I started my business just to have something special that when I picked it up, I thought about my business with it. And it can be little things like that, or it I can love be big that. things of saying, hey, I know a really great accountant or a lawyer. I'm helping a friend of mine start their business now. And I connected them up with some excellent people to advise them on it. So thank you for sharing all that and for accepting help. And, but most of all, for being who you are out there in the world with helping people with these things, it's a beautiful thing. How do people reach out to you? I know we've got boardswap.com, but what yep. is the best way for people? Yeah, to you can to? Uh, reach out to me on email, on LinkedIn. My email is Annette at boardswap.com. Um, you can, uh, you know, reach out on LinkedIn. Um, I'm there. Uh, I have a board swap page as well on LinkedIn. So you can access us there. On the website, there's a contact page. You can submit. Uh, a, a request to meet through that. And again, you know, like, even if you don't know for sure if you want to do it, right, and you just want to talk about it, you want to explore it, you just want to get more information, maybe about your specific situation, just give me a call, reach out, I'm here, I'm here to help. Well, thank you so much for being on the show and for sharing about boards. I learned a lot, uh, <laughs> especially about what makes an effective advisory board compared to some of the ones that I've been on and sharing your journey. That's really important to my listeners. So thank you so much for being on the show today. And it's about time we got together to do this. <laughs> thank you, Laura. I really appreciate you inviting me. It was a real pleasure. Thanks again. All right, everybody. I hope you enjoyed listening to Annette talk about her company board swap and the differences between the different kinds of advisory boards and how to know whether you need a peer group or an advisory board or a formal advisory board or what you might even want to consider having your advisory board doing. I hope you got a lot out of the show. And most of all, remember the right questions can change your life. Have a great day, everyone. been listening to It's All About the Questions, starring Laura Stewart. Connect with Laura at itsallaboutthequestions.com and download a free workbook that will help you ask better questions starting today.